Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Way and the Kathy Show. I'm your host, Kathy Zhang. Today, we'll bring you a feature story. We'll dive deep into the Chinese money, how the Chinese money is influencing the United States business and the politics, and also what the lesson from a Taiwanese businessman can give a good reference to us. So first of all, just a, a quick updates of a couple of news, a couple of pieces of news. So most of the economists expect a recession by middle of next year. A survey just released today shows most economists think the U.S. will be in a recession by the middle of uh, 2023. The semi-annual survey was done by National Association of Business Economists between August 1st and the 9th, with uh, almost 200 economists participated, 198 of them. And 72% uh, of them expect a recession will have begun by the middle of next year, if not earlier. Among them, 19% of the economists says that uh, the U.S. is already in a recession. 9% of them saying the recession will start in the third quarter of this year, and another 16% said it will begin in the fourth quarter. So total, that's 44% saying that uh, America will enter a recession this year. Then another 28% says that uh, the U.S. economy will be in a recession in the first half of next year, with 22% saying in the first quarter and the 6% saying in the second quarter. 20% said that uh, the U.S. will not have a recession until the second half of 2023 or later. On another hand, 73% of those surveyed saying that they are not very confident or not at all confident that the federal will be able to bring inflation to its 2% goal within the next two years without triggering a recession. Just 3% of the economists said that they are very confident that the Fed can bring down inflation without a recession. 14% are somewhat confident, and 10% are confident. On the other hand, the economists surveyed have a much better opinion of the stance of monetary policy than they did earlier this year. Back in March, a record of 77% thought the monetary policy was too stimulative. Now, that number dropped to 44%, and 46% view the monetary policy as just right. All right, so as, the, as Americans are experiencing the record high inflation, the illegal broad crossers arriving in New York City are being awarded healthcare services, as well as free cell phones, free food, library cards, school supplies, and pretty soon they will be offered luxury hotels. New York City held an event on Sunday, August 20th for, uh, 21st for arriving borders crossers at a hospital in the Bronx 
with these free goodies. Those people are among the estimated 4,000 border crossers sent by Texas Governor Greg Abbott via buses in the past few weeks. Abbott has been busing the new arrivals of the border crossers to those sanctuary cities run by Democrats as part of his plan to alleviate waves of illegal immigration to Texas. In addition to those free goodies from the city, thousands of broad border crossers are expected to be housed in luxury hotel rooms across Manhattan. Last week, according to New York City officials, they are planning to house those border crossers arriving on the migrant buses in about 6,000 hotel rooms. That includes the ones touted as the uh, lullaby of uh, Broadway, which is known as the Row NYC, formerly known as the Milford Plaza, located in Times Square. Mayor Eric Adams plans to convert it into an intake center and shelter for as many as 600 migrant families, according to New York Post report. The daily weekday regular rate for this hotel room ranges from 414 to 724 per night, including tax and the fees. The guests will enjoy 30 minutes of the free web surfing using the iMac computers as well as fitness center, among other amenities. This hotel plan comes as rents for New Yorkers have skyrocketed. Also, the Catholic charities are also reportedly working to enroll young border crossers in high-priced Catholic schools. Last month, Mayor Adams revealed that the city's shelter system was being overwhelmed by migrants. Illegal immigration poses massive costs to American taxpayers. Every year, taxpayers are billed more than $143 billion dollars to subsidize the cost of the tens of millions illegal immigrations. So according to the most recent report, it shows that um, nearly 5 million illegal immigrations, immigrants have crossed U.S. borders in the 18 months since President Biden took office. That includes more uh, some 900,000 Godaways who uh, evaded apprehension and have since disappeared into American communities. This study was done by the Federation for American Immigration Reform, abbreviated as FAIR. They issued a statement last week saying that uh, their analysis shows that a total of 4.9 million illegal immigration immigrants have entered the country by the end of July. The number is almost equivalent to the entire population of Ireland. According to the data from U.S. Customs Border Protection, 2 million illegal immigrations, immigrants have entered the country in the first 10 months of this fiscal year. In June, more than 207,000 illegal immigrants were apprehended, attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. 
It sets the highest number of June apprehensions in history. CPB also reported 10 individuals on the FBI's territory, uh, terror watch list. FBI's uh, terror watch list were apprehended in July between ports of entry at the southwest border. That makes the total number for the entire uh, current year as um, 66 of them. Meanwhile, CPB in July seized over 2,000 pounds of the synthetic opioid fentanyl, more than three times of June, and uh, topping the previous month's record of nearly 1,300 pounds, which was set in April. It nearly equals the total amount of fentanyl confiscated throughout 2019. So what do you think? this uh, border issue um, and uh, how the New York City plans to spend its money ho hosting those uh, illegal uh, immigrants. So yeah, let, let, it, let me know, just leave your comments there, we'll go through that. All right, so then next we'll, you know, let's uh, go to this uh, feature story. So obviously, the leftists don't like President Trump at the get-go, right? Uh, an open letter to the left from 47 grassroots organizations dated on October 17, 2016, saying that for the radical and the revolutionary organizers, that's the original words from the letter, quote, defeating Trump is the uh, defeating Trump in the presidential election is a top priority for the left. So they are very open about it. But it's curious why some Republicans like uh, Representative uh, Liz Cheney are so much against Trump. An analysis by scholars such as Professor Victor Davis Hanson said that uh, one of the key reasons that the establishment elites don't like Trump is because his strong position on the Chinese Communist Party, the Communist China, because most of the establishment's elites do business in China one way or the other. Professor Hansen mentioned that uh, how Liz Cheney's husband works for Chinese money, if you remember uh, the previous interview that uh, I did with uh, Professor Hansen. But uh, eventually, such kind of money will bite back. Taiwan used to have many business people doing business in China, but uh, many of them have woken up. Their lesson would be good reference for the American business community and the politicians. So that's why I bring you uh, this uh, story today. So let's dive into the story. Liz Cheney's husband, Phil Perry, he is a partner of the law firm Luthen and the Watkins. Luthen and the Watkins is the second largest law firm in the world by revenue. As of 2021, Latham is also one of the most profitable law firms in the world, with profits per partner exceeding $4.5 million. The law firm has advised a Chinese Communist Party-linked technology company named Tencent Music Entertainment, or TME. 
TME was dubbed a tool of the Chinese government by the State Department in 2019. According to Lengtham and the Watkins press release, the firm has advised TME on acquisitions and have, has celebrated it, its client as the market leader in interactive visual entertainment experiences in Communist China. According to Assistant Secretary of the State Department's Bureau of International Security and Non-Proliferation, his name is Christopher Ashley Ford. He discussed the danger of TME's connection with CCP during media interview. Ford said about Lengtham's client TME, whether de facto or de jure, such giants can in some important respects or for some purposes act as arms of the state or more, prices, uh, more precisely the Chinese Communist Party to which the Chinese state apparatus is itself subordinate. Ford further explained, TME is not just a music company, it is, quote, a foundation of technology-facilitated surveillance and social control, end quote, for Communist China, which is built upon the China dream or China model, touted by the, secretary, uh, the party secretary Xi Jinping. Ford said that along with the Chinese companies like Alibaba, these companies export their products and services to the rest of the world. The security and the human rights problems associated with this China model are progressively exported with them. As a matter of fact, Chinese Chen, husband, uh, Phil Perry's law firm, has not only advised TME, but it has also lobbied on behalf of companies with ties to the CCP. Lentham and Watkins has earned fat checks for their lobbying efforts linked to the CCP. According to the Center for Responsive Politics, for example, between 2001 and 2004, Lentham and Watkins was paid $145,000 to lobby on behalf of the nuclear electric power generation company Excelon, uh, Excelon Corporation, which is based in Chicago and which partnered with China Nuclear Power Operations Management Company. This Chinese husband, Phil Perry's spokesperson, claimed that uh, Perry, quote, receives no financial benefit at all from any Chinese government entity, end quote, according to Breitbart. On the other hand, he did not deny that uh, Perry's firm did represent those CCP-linked entities. Chinese uh, personal financial disclosure form filed with the clerk of the House of Representatives last August details that her husband has a seven-figure financial relationship with the law firm. By the way, one of the Lengtham and uh, Watkins uh, partners called uh, Hui Xu, Chinese personnel, she, uh, she was a member of the in-house legal department at the 
China Chamber of Commerce, which is under the Ministry of Commerce of Communist China. The famous blind lawyer Chen Guangcheng used to talk to me and the way. One thing he one thing he told us, he said, for the Chinese Communist Party, any problem can be resolved by money. Is not a problem. You got that. So any problem, if it can be solved by money for CCP, that's not a problem. Okay. So now I wanted to share with you um, a, a, a dramatic change of a Taiwanese businessman and uh, what his story can tell us. His name is Robert Chow. Cao uh, Xingcheng is his Chinese name. He is the founder of UMC, which represents a United Microelectronics Corporation. It is Taiwan's first uh, semiconductor company. So Mr. Chao used to not only doing business in China, but he strongly supported cross-strait unification. But recently, you know, after um, Nancy Pelosi's uh, visit to Taiwan, he donated $100 million to the Taiwan society to help Taiwan fight against Chinese Communist Party. So why he had such a dramatic change in his attitude? The fact that this former Cross Street unificationist businessman became a steadfast anti-CCP leader is very telling and deserves to be learned by everyone, especially the business community and the politicians in America according to Kathy. Since 1980s, many Taiwanese business people went to China. One thing is um, they wanted to, they saw a big market there. They wanted to grow their business. On the other hand, actually many of them believe that they wanted to help China to advance technology and economy. Robert Chow is one of them. He actually rose from the bottom, studied uh, semiconductor technology in the U.S. in the 1970s. When Taiwan's first chip company, UMC, was established in 1982, Chao became its uh, vice president, later making his way to general manager and chairman. As early as 1990s, Chao intended to invest in mainland China, and later UMC successfully opened enterprises in China. Chao's family actually originally came from mainland China. His father was from mainland China, escaped to Taiwan in, during 1949, and before 1949, when CCP took over the power. So his father always taught him you know, you are Chinese and uh, someday you wanted to go back to China, okay? So Chao always supported the unification. As the head of the second largest chip uh, foundry in the world, UMC, Chao has been regarded as a unificationist representative in the Taiwan's uh, business community for more than a decade. He vigorously criticized the Taiwan Democratic Progressive Party, which advocates Taiwan's sovereignty.
He even initiated and promoted the unification referendum in Taiwan at one time. In 2011, Chao a, became a Singapore citizen, not talking about his political stance anymore. But starting in 2019, he started to publicly criticize CCP. According to one of his recent interviews, the anti-extradition law movement in Hong Kong in 2019 was the watershed moment for him. Chao was in Hong Kong during the campaign and saw many of his friends being beaten up. So he said, you come from Hong Kong, you will definitely be anti-communist. Chao said that the defense of Taiwan is not about unification, independence, one China or two China, which he said are all superficial. But this fight was about, uh, what, is what Taiwan really wants to fight is the Chinese communist zombie virus. That's his words, Chinese communist communist zombie virus, and the victims are the whole Chinese nation, according to Chao. He cited the Cultural Revolution as an example. At that time, Chinese people were like zombies, tearing each other apart and hurting each other, and there were many cases of sons and daughters fighting their own parents, and even the former CCP president uh, Liu Shaoqi was beaten up by uh, Chairman Mao and abused to death in prison. He stressed that the key ingredients in the CCP virus are hatred, struggle, violence, and strong words, which are important signs to judge whether it is poisoning or not. He believes the people of Taiwan should see clearly what uh, some of their candidates who are very poisoned by the CCP virus. Therefore, the voter should not vote for him or her and cannot endorse such virus. On the other hand, Chao also cautioned people not to hate or sympathize with those who are poisoned. He said the unification and independence emphasized by those people are actually trapped by the CCP virus which aims to create hatred through provocation and confrontation. He said, CCP is an anti-civilizational and anti-human regime. All the politicians should get to know the CCP's nature and return to the camp of human civilization. So by donating $100 million Tao wants to assist the Taiwan National Army to strengthen its combat readiness in the areas of cognitive war, warfare, psychological warfare, and public opinion warfare. At the same time, he issued a warning to Taiwan society, pointing out that uh, there are still many problems within China right now, and advising Taiwanese uh, businessmen to run as fast as they can run out of China as fast as they can. For the Taiwanese businessmen who still doing business in China, what kind of advice did uh, Chao give to them? He gave one word, give up. 
Okay. He suggests that uh, Taiwanese businessmen can gain freedom if they, they give up the money. They can have dignity if they give up cozy up to the rich and the powerful. He suggests that uh, they should decide for themselves whether to leave China or not, but they should have a ruler in their heart, which is, quote, you should know that CCP is sick. You should not get infected by the CCP virus and do not support those nonsense claimed by the CCP, end quote. Robert Chow's change corresponds to the fact that in Taiwan, many previous unificationists believe that the Chinese Communist Party is beyond redemption. Businesses should earn the money what they should earn and do the business in the right way. Chow's choice not only represents Taiwan society's belief that the CCP is incorrigible, but also his role as a well-known businessman will serve as a model for the business community in Taiwan, reminding people of the concept of doing business in the right way, which you know, comes from the traditional Chinese culture. If the businesses earn money from the CCP out of purely pursuing profits, the products they made make are, you know, would be used to oppress, for example, Xinjiang, Hong Kong, family churches, and human rights activists in China, or would be even used to kill Falun Gong practitioners for their organs, or use artificial intelligence to monitor everyday people in China. With the money and the influence, the CCP's ultimate goal is to rule Taiwan in the same way as they rule China and Hong Kong, control people in Taiwan, in America, and around the world. So how could these companies and politicians feel at ease by earning this kind of money? So that's Robert Chow's um, story. His leadership against the Communist Party highlights important, the importance of doing business in the right way, earned money in the a, a, a right way. So hopefully it would start a trend for the business community adjusting the past stage uh, state of uh, relying on the Chinese market just in the pure pursuit of profits. So what do you think? What do you think of uh, um, Mr. Chao? You know, his change and his view on the Chinese, uh, Chinese Communist Party. He said it's uh, the Chinese party, you know, is sick. It, it's the CCP virus and uh, how, you know, he tried to wake up the business people in Taiwan. And uh, I really believe you know, his inspiration, you know, could be a very good reference for the United States. Those business people, those politicians who still you know, having business deals with the CCP. So yeah, let me know, how do you think? So, let's see. All right, so um, uh, just a quick update. Uh, I reported uh, the um, land acquisition deal, right? The land acquisition deal uh, by China's uh, Fufeng Group. 
in North Dakota. So actually, uh, some of our audience commented that the US, United States should ban communist China from buying farmlands. Now, you know, there are uh, at least one US senator has the same uh, thought. That's a Republican Senator Mike Rounds of South Dakota. He introduced a bill last week that would prohibit foreign rivals such as Communist China and Russia from buying or investing in U.S. farmland and agriculture-related businesses. So, um, yeah, this uh, in the House, actually, there was a similar bill uh, raised in June. But uh, let's see how it will, it, how it goes. All right. So, um, and uh, before, as the last piece of news to share with you, it's kind of um, funny, you know. Wei's not here. We don't have a joke, but uh, you probably will have a laugh of uh, this um, this uh, piece of news. So that's uh, about what's happening in China. All right. So. Some foreign uh, foreigners in China just exposed that uh, the in China they are doing COVID tests to the cell phones and the pillows. Okay, so that's um, that was exposed by uh, Daniel Rechenfen. He is a China analyst analyst and a media, media contributor to media like uh, Forbes. He posted a video on August 18th showing how his suitcase, pillows, and cell phones um, stacked on top of each other as a fully armed uh, white guard. First wiped his uh, pillow with a test swab and then pointed uh, at his uh, cell phone. Take a look at that. They are doing the uh, COVID test. And then another Westerner, Maddie, um, Maddie Beking. He's a China director for Economist Intelligence Unit. He posted a note back saying that testing for nucleic, nucleic acid was a, necessity, was a necessity when we left China. And then they did a test in the bathroom, maybe on my toothbrush. On our last day at the hotel, they had to do individual PCR nucleic acid test on each of our nostrils. A person responded by posting a video saying that uh, the steel bars came out of uh, Changzhou, which is a city near Shanghai, needed to be tested with nucleic acid before they can pull back to Changzhou. The post drew many comments saying that that's crazy, ridiculous, and stupid. Some Chinese netizens also commented. One said, why don't they test their own brains first? The other said, it's a big joke. It's a shame to the world. Another one saying that, um, I guess they got a kickback for every test they do. And just a few days ago, China gave uh, was giving fish and shrimp COVID test, which became a laughing stock. On August 16th, the city of Xiamen in Fujian province, which is at southern 
China officially opened for fishing, but the first catches landed had to be tested for COVID. Some video went viral on the internet, capturing this ridiculous scene. A fisherman landed and collected the nucleic acid themselves, then grabbed some fresh fish, broken up, uh, op broken open their mouths and sent them to the window for inspection. And you, in the in the video, people see the the testing person who is uh, you know dressed in a white protective gears, fervently put the cotton swab into the mouth of the fish to do the testing. Okay, so that's still going on in China. All right, so let's see uh, some of, what do you think, right? So uh, let's see some of the comments here. Um, uh, Alan said, thank you for your diligence in researching. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I'm glad it's uh, helpful to you and interesting to you. Um, uh, Jared said, you said Mr. Chow is a great man. Yes. Um, Daniel, you said the excellent broadcast, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, any other comments? Um, Tonic T, you said, uh, who are these politicians making up these testing rules? Yeah, so the, the testing rules is from the top. And uh, I, you know, one of the, remember one of the comments by the netizen I just uh, read to you, they, they are suspecting for each of the tests they are doing, you know, someone will get kickback. And um, during this COVID, during this lockdown, you know, uh, I did uh, a, se a segment before. I think, I believe that's um, the beginning of the year is how uh, exposing how the companies, those companies in China make, uh, were making huge, huge money by making the testing kits. And... Uh, Unfortunately, part of the money they earned from the United States because our Department of Defense signed big contract with one of them and which is, a, is on the Department of Defense's press release said that this company is based in California. It's called iHeart, iHeart Lab. However, by doing the research, I found actually this is only a, a subsidiary, an American subsidiary of a Chinese company. And this Chinese company's uh, stock just uh, skyrocketed during the COVID. And uh, they're actually later on, while they are getting the um, contract from our defense department, they are being cited by the local authority in China because it was found that the test uh, data they submitted are fraud. Think about that. So yeah, so it's always power and the money behind it. All right. And, uh, and those um, companies in China making big money always ready to 
the party leadership. So. Um, let me see any other. JT Thompson, you said the principle matters more than money. Exactly. And uh, these such principles will really um, protect people's uh, freedom. Otherwise, you know, even though these people are earning big money now, but they would re uh, regret one day when the CCP, you know, reach their goal of controlling people. So, all right. JT Thompson, you also said uh, Asia will never unify. Um, yeah, and you know, in terms of Taiwan and uh, China, mainland China, really, um, I one thing I think I it's worth just uh, remind uh, people, which I I totally regret um, agree with uh, Mr. Chao Robert Chao's uh, um, point. China. In mainland China and Taiwan, the, the struggle is not, the fight is not about unification or independence. It's not. It's really about the dictatorship and uh, freedom and the democracy. Because um, but the CCP always use this type of um, controversy as, you know, define it as, uh, as a unification or independence just trying to separate, divide the Taiwan society. And I think for the United States, we could learn something from that as well. You know, we have a two-party system here. And, um, but, um, you know, most of the people, even in the Democratic Party or some, you know, in the left, um, in, 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 who are leftist, Many of them, they are deceived. They just um, do not realize what's really behind it, the communist uh, agenda behind it. And uh, so I think for people who can see through that, you know, you know we probably do not want to, uh, it, it's, it's almost like the same, similar thing. You know, the CCP tried to use the uh, in the Taiwan independence um, uh, issue to separate people, but, uh, for Taiwan, no matter it's from the DDP or the uh, National Party, the common enemy is really the CCP. Although they have, uh, between the two parties in Taiwan, they have differences, but that's okay. And it's just like in, in the United States, uh, two parties or independence, you know, um, it's okay to have different opinions uh, in terms of how to really govern the country, but we should realize the common enemy. The biggest threat is the Chinese Communist Party, the communism, the tyranny, the authoritarianism. And if people can realize that, uh, so like uh, Mr. Chow said, you should, you know, probably do, one, you don't sympathize those people, but you don't hate, hate them, right? You don't hate them. You try to um, communicate with them, win them over, Know, clarify truth to them, right? Let them know what's truly threatening. And uh, so, uh, 
Larry, you said you missed a two-day event in Springfield, Missouri over the weekend. You can see it on, okay. All right. Under Frank's speech and RSBN, okay. Uh, truck 680, thank you for the information. Glad it's helpful, yeah, you find it useful. Okay. So, J.T. Thompson, Thompson, is this a Trump channel? Okay, looks like J.T. is our new audience. All right. So, yeah. Yeah, we are not a Trump channel. Yeah, we are um, Chinese-American journalists who has been doing um, yeah, journalism for many years. So we try to really to report on the current affairs to help our fellow Americans to understand more about the uh, infiltration of the communism in our country and to the world, especially the, uh, the truth about Chinese Communist Party. So yeah, please just uh, follow us and then you will, you know, hopefully you will Learn more about that. Okay. Oh, M said, don't forget like button. Yes, thank you for the reminder. Um, I saw a lot of uh, uh, likes, like, but likes already, but if you have not clicked likes, please do so. And also please share our video if you like it. And uh, that's one way to really help more people to know about the truth. All right. Um, uh, JT Thompson, I'm open to discussion. My email has been shared. Let me know I can help in US. Wow, that's great. Um, let me see, I'm not sure. I think I probably can go back to uh, find your email, but JT, if you and others, if you have not uh, sent us your email, you know, feel, feel free to do so and uh, uh, so that we can keep in contact or if you want to discussion. So our email address here is here, sohnews at soundofhope.org. sohnews at soundofhope.org. So I will type it here so that, um, yeah, keep in touch. You know, in case anything happened, we can still keep in contact. And also, I, you know, some of uh, our friends here send uh, like news leads or some information to me. So, you know, we always try to read and respond to you. So, all right. So um, again, appreciate your um, spending time with me for the show and um, take care. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, keep safe. Bye-bye.